0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.
1: Here's Spironi, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. Let's face on the right.
0: Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest!
1: Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Show. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm your host for our long awaited return to match review action as we look back at an impressive restart for Palace. I'll introduce my panel in just a moment.
2: Reviews, predictions, comments, and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp 0203 575 The TalkSport Fan Network
1: is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, we are then. It was a return with a victory for Palace. 2-0 against Bournemouth. First half goals from Luka and the Ghanaian Messi himself, Jordan Ayu. And helping me talk through that and lots of other stuff today is the following panel. First up, Dior Kernas. Hello. Hello, been doing lots of video chat and interviews and all sorts. We cut cut you loose and you've gone crazy. What's happening?
3: Oh yeah. Being on the um YouTube doing videos there, keeping myself the occupied. Yeah, the that YouTube. One. That's what you'll say. So yeah. yeah. On um the YouTube's. On the YouTubes, yeah. Being there doing videos and all that other Bits till now. Now I'm back here.
1: Yeah, well, we're glad to have you. Uh, you're having a confusing conversation about cheese pre-show. Um, what yeah, was your yeah. understanding of mature cheese?
3: Yeah, because I was having cheese. I didn't have nothing to eat before the show. So, um, and I didn't know what mature cheese actually was. Like, what what, what does it mean by mature cheese? But apparently it's apparent a year old cheese, nearly a year old or a couple months old cheese. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having old cheese, basically.
1: Have you had blue cheese before?
3: Uh, No, not at, well. I don't want to get into it, but technically, I have because that was it was out of um, date cheese, but I didn't mean to have it.
1: <laughs> That's not what blue cheese is, but yeah. all right, <laughs> all right. I mean, we've there's, there's a, lot, a lot of us on today, so I'm not going to dwell too much on that. Uh,
4: also on the panel is Nick Gillard. Hello, Nick. Hello, I used to be a cheese maker. Did you know that? I, I have you to, told us that before? I used to make cottage cheese in Bracknell. That wasn't make sure that was made overnight. But
1: Specifically, yeah. um, is there a name for Bracknell based cottage coffee, coffee, cheese?
4: Well, it was the Cool Country brand, uh, but unfortunately, Clifford's Dairy sold out to Unigate. Um, so, yeah, I found um, out I lost my job the day I got back from my honeymoon. That was a nice day.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hey-ha. you know, honestly, if I had a pound for a number of times, people have told me about that those dairy wars. You know, honestly yeah terrible, terrible business wasn't it i mean the you know the the monopoly that unigate tries to get on the dairy market oh, it's just it makes me so angry we should do a podcast about it
4: well what, what, what was really annoying is i spent eight months developing a cottage cheese specifically for anchor and it was binned because unigate were rivals that could have been my tearing achievement couldn't it could, <laughs> could go have into it? supermarkets and said i developed that
1: what, and What an achievement! But Dio, have you had cottage
4: cheese? Um,
3: possibly. I I don't know. Maybe I have. It's like I don't lumpy really look liquidy at
1: lumpy liquidy
4: cheese. No, no, no. I don't do that. I don't do
3: that. I know. I have normal cheese. Don't do lumpy
4: liquidy cheese. I I've seen how it's made, so don't. Um, I had an ex-girlfriend who used to have baked potatoes with cottage cheese and Marmite on.
1: That is uh, concerning. Presumably, she has been locked up, not just for the the cheese and Marmite thing, but also for obviously dating yourself. She moved to Brighton.
0: Ooh.
1: Less said about that, the better. We also have Mike Scott. Hi, Mike.
0: Hello. This pod hasn't took the direction I expected the first one back with actual football to take, really.
1: Um, Part of that might be deliberate um, due to you being really keen pre-show to keep it really short and to the point, and you, you basically start, sort of started to take a bit charge there. So Sam and I had a chat um, away from the the group, and I've decided to ruin all of your plans as a result. So
0: I got I got the impression that you would. Yeah, I I, I, I thought I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said it. because now the opposite <laughs> will happen.
1: Exactly, huge mistake. It's just in my nature. Um, how have you been getting on? You you had some terrible news this week, I believe.
0: Yeah, and and I, I thank you very much for your sympathy. So. I come from Wellington. Uh, there's not too many of us Palace fans that come from from West of Croydon, but that's where I'm from. And there's an excellent curry house called Akash. Um, we had a whole road, Stafford Road, full of curry houses. They've slowly all closed down. And I drove past the other day, and um, it's become a victim of coronavirus. By the looks of it, it's uh, it's gone. My favourite ever curry house. Been to plenty in Brick Lane, plenty in the Curry Mile in Manchester. You can't beat Akash. It's gone. It's It's becoming World Cuisine, apparently, which just sounds, you know, um, jack of all trades and a master of none. So uh, that's gutted.
1: We've got a a, a Cosmo World Cuisine in Reading. Um, And I I tell you, it's... You know, it's the sort of place where if you're hammered and there's a load of you and you can't decide what to eat, great. But it is just cheap versions of everything, um, all in one place, all in one go. And you just go up and get plates and plates of food. It was... You know, you never feel good about it. So It's not going to be the
0: same, is it? No, no.
1: no, oh, man. Um, you're also upset about eBay in general, I think. Uh,
0: not really in general. I bought, I bought myself a vintage Mac, and I won it quite cheap. Um, the guy posted it. He reckoned it weighed 30 kilograms, and it does probably weigh a, a metric half tonne. He put it in a cardboard box with no packaging whatsoever. It's arrived, smashed. Um, so I messaged him and said, look, This was packaged incredibly poorly, Um, and he has lost the plot. The guy has been (laughs) – I've just been getting messages throughout the night, 24 hours a day, just messaging me over and over again. He's accused my neighbour of of some kind of uh, breaking into the box. and uh, Yeah, the the guy's nuts. Um, You just – you can't escape absolute twats on eBay, can you? It's impossible. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I should have learned my lesson.
1: This is your weird obsession of buying vintage computer equipment on an almost constant basis, right?
0: It, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was really happy. It was a, an old late-90s Mac, and all he had to do was put a bit of bubble wrap around it. Uh, yeah, the guy's – luckily, he's a few hundred miles away, so he's not going to come over and stab me. But
1: <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, unlikely. It, yeah. Let's not rule it out. Unlikely yeah. to. Yeah. And if Nick, it, I know you want to jump in there, but if it's a joke about you thinking he meant a coat version of a Mac rather than a, a Mac computer,
4: can you not do it? No, it was all to do with postal insurance and value of stuff. It's worth looking into, that's all.
1: Mm, Yeah, all right. Well, we won't dwell on that for obvious reasons. Um, I I would be wrong not to have a quick chat with uh, producer Sam, who's lurking in the background um, for a variety of reasons today. Um, Hello. Hi. Hi. You surprised the Back of the Nest chat the other day with... um, discussion of christmas trees can you explain why (laughs) just why can you explain why
5: Uh, because i have purchased several out-of-season christmas trees in order to plant in my garden
1: that's what you've done can can you explain (laughs) why
5: because i really like christmas Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) i want my garden to be a little winter wonderland
1: I feel like you've had a breakdown of some sort, but it's a collective <laughs> breakdown because because your 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 good husband is in on it, right?
5: Yeah, well, we used his cars to transport the Christmas trees, so I bet be in on it.
1: Mm. Okay, well, now I'm starting to get a picture of a slightly reluctant Adam, sort of panicking and thinking, "Well, what do I do?" She's she's making me get all these Christmas trees and put them in the garden. I, she's got that look in her eye. I can't say no, but
4: mm, mm, concerning Nick. How many trees have you bought, Sam? Um,
5: we've got eleven Christmas trees, so the sort of uh, Fraser firs and Norwegian spruces, and then we've got three conifers that are sort of Christmas tree shaped.
4: So fourteen, and you're, you're planting them all. Yeah, yeah. Are you planning to grow anything else in your garden? Because I don't think it will.
5: No, the uh, we've got three sycamore trees that are huge in the garden at the moment, and they pretty much shade the whole thing so nothing survives anyway
1: you're listening to gardener's world <laughs> you're not right i i mean look as you can tell we've not really suffered any ill effects from the uh, from the lockdown and football stopping everything is pretty much exactly how it was prior to that situation so we're all glad to be back um a couple of bits before we get moving with the show in a major way and that is to direct you to the pitch sport football app everything's up and running you can join us on there now uh, just Google Pitch Sport Football, download the app, um, and check it out. Really, there's uh, you can obviously do some predictions pre-game, um, and it's all around rating the players, rating the uh, the manager, rating atmosphere, which would be pretty low at the moment. I would suggest uh, you can compete compete against us in terms of predicting results, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my code, if you want to add me on there, is KUGKUT. Uh, but do download it, support them. They're supporting us, and they continue to support us throughout the lockdown, which was. Hugely appreciated and check out their content. At some point you better get doing your fan time question of the week videos again, dear. Uh, yeah, I think I've done done one this week, yeah. Oh, I missed that. to
3: Yeah, yeah. I think i done one this week. I don't know what happened to it. Maybe it didn't go through. I look homeless, so maybe the guy's there just yeah. said, let's just skip this
1: one until he gets a haircut. Yeah, you do look quite problematic at the moment. Um, right, okay. <laughs> so um, the usual, um, obviously, socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Just check, search for Back of the Nest. You'll find us on there. Email is, of course, hi at backofthenest.com and if you like a couple of people this week want to leave us some whatsapp messages you can leave us a voice message on 0203 575 1266. and as i say that is you leave a voice memo it's not a answer phone number but um to so do that on whatsapp and, uh, and and get in touch and also um, in preparation for what we're getting up to over the uh, remainder of the football season and possibly beyond depending on how long fans are out of the uh, of the grounds Uh, do download the Hot Mic app as well um, and follow Back of the Nest on there where we'll be providing commentary uh, for some future games. Uh, More on that when we know what the hell we're doing, right, dear?
3: Yeah, you guys are doing it first, so (laughs) if you don't know, then I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you had the conversation. We'll do this off air. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's more than enough. That gets us all nicely warmed up. So first up, you know, obviously four wins on the bounce, four clean sheets on the bounce. But before we get into the match analysis itself, we've had a bit of contact, and I'm going to throw to you on this one, Mike, if I may.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, a few people have, have said something similar to uh, what Flying Eagle Tom has said. Uh, Did someone say you rape a League? And all I can say to Tom on that is, please don't jinx it. Anyone else that uh, said Carl Savage? Can we get into Europe? Question mark, question mark. The answer is yes, we can, but let's let's uh, let's not jinx it too early, shall we, chaps? Yeah.
1: No, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. what I'm scared of jinxing it. I think your answer's right. We can. But um, I don't know. I don't even know if I fear it. You know, it's had an effect on, on clubs our size. It tends to have an effect. You look at the size of our squad at the minute. Um, You know, Roy's talked over the lockdown period of the need to actually get out there into the market, maybe spend a bit of money and start fleshing out this squad, Um, especially with, you know, every... Every year that ticks by, you know, the players are getting that little bit older and contracts are getting that little closer to expiry and, you know, people are looking elsewhere. It's, you know, if we were to get into Europe off the back of that, we'd really got some work to do to sustain that. But, God, it's the dream, isn't it, that European tour?
0: Yeah, unless in typical Palace style, we get into it and no one's allowed to the games next season. So uh, that would be one of the worst things to have ever happened.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Do we even have the debt for Europe? That's another thing to consider. Um, There was, I think there was a conversation somewhere out there about, um, do we have the depth for it? And I'm not too sure. I mean, if we get into the Europa League, there's of course more games. Um, But yeah, I I guess we've got the players on the bench and as we saw yesterday, Roy still decided to use three subs. Um, one each time or was it two I can't remember now yeah but I, I'm not too sure if it might hurt us in a way not, not saying that I wouldn't want us to get into European football but it's something to consider as well
4: Every time somebody mentions Europe we go on a long losing streak and just avoid relegation so shut up everybody please just enjoy <laughs> the rest of the season we'll see what happens at the end
1: Yeah fair alright well we'll move on from that it's just um making a mental note of uh, Tom and Carl for future blame. Um, I think next up, we'll have a a clip from a young lad, nine-year-old, called John.
5: First match for Palace after the games were postponed. Um, Sad news about Kayla. I love the second goal for Palace and obviously the first one. Jimmy Mack was my man of the match.
1: And that is how you do a podcast. We go on for hours and hours and hours. He's just summed it all up. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable scenes. Uh, We've got a lot to learn from John. Fantastic message and some, um, yeah. I'm impressed. I don't know about you, Lot.
4: He's really got the finger on the button, hasn't he?
1: He has, depending on what that (laughs) button is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But there was, yeah, obviously nice, concise, and to the point, but very, very happy about the result, um, like the rest of us are. Um, and, again, picking out performers, we'll be talking about our, our favourite performers throughout the course of the match review. Um, but, yeah, very, very optimistic. Thank you very much for that. We've got another couple of clips now. They're, they're both from Ebo. Let's, uh, let's hear how Ebo thought.
4: Hello, back in the nest. Uh, Ebo, being in. great to be back after all this lockdown shenanigans. Um, just to say, what,
0: what a superb, great performance. Hmm. Oh, sorry, back in the nest.
1: Jake Evo Ebling calling in after what seems like
3: a lifetime has lock.
1: There you go. Thanks for that, Evo. <laughs> really, well, really well done, there, mate. <laughs> um, i having some trouble shaking off the rust of the of the break. I think there. Um, in terms of, it's one of those things. I, I suspect there's a couple of things that could have happened there. You know, you could blame the technology itself. I suspect sticky fingers. Personally, I'm not casting aspersions on Evo. <laughs>
0: But
1: you know, when you're trying to hold down that that microphone button on WhatsApp, these things can happen, can't they?
0: I suspect tenant super personally, but
1: <laughs> yeah, that is also uh, does does make technology challenge a challenge. Um, yeah, God, I haven't had tenant super in ages. Anyway, um, that's because yeah, I am not homeless. I have to remind myself of that. Um, anyway, so um, a, a question from. Um, can't see who the question's from, Mike. Uh, There's a Twitter link to it. I suppose I'd have to probably click on that, wouldn't I?
0: Well, um, let, let me talk you through it, Yeah. So, um, there was a little debate amongst myself and a couple of uh, colleagues of myself uh, about what the best goal was um, in the, the Saturday games. Um, so, we had, in the Wolves game, Pedro Neto with an incredible volley. Um, and then we managed to... Pull off a couple of excellent goals ourselves. So obviously, Lucas' free kick looked even better when it came in off the bar, and then the move that ended up in IE's goal. So um, put up on Twitter to settle the debate what do people think was the best goal of the day? Uh, it was at least one person that said Chilwell's goal as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, which, yep, yeah, fair enough. Um, but Lucas' free kick uh, won with 38.5% of the votes just beating Pedro Neto. Gotta say perhaps that might be red and blue tinted glasses a little bit, but um <laughs> excellent goals nonetheless.
1: They were indeed. Um but yeah, whoever mentioned Chilwell was absolutely right. That was an, that was a stunner into the top corner. Um Dawson scoring an overhead kick was a little bit um it, it was a bit of a messy overhead kick. And I don't mean messy in terms of Lionel, I mean in terms of, of you know, untidy. Um but you know that was all right as well, but the, the Chilwell strike was superb.
3: Yeah, 2020's is glitch. Um, the Chilwell goal, I thought was um, was a front runner. I'm surprised that it was in a pod. But the fact that yesterday I was watching a game and I saw Craig Dawson score a goal like that out of everyone, it just made me question what is wrong with 2020. There's 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 some we need an update or something. There's something wrong in the, in the matrix. I'm pretty sure <laughs> about that. But Luca Luca wins it. Luca wins it for me out of the people on that list. But if Chilwell was there, he would. Yeah, that was a fantastic finish from him.
1: Indeed. Uh, back to you, Mike, for the next message.
0: Yes, uh, very much. Uh, so, it's a great point from Jomo, at Jomo Eagles. When was the last time we were 2-0 up but didn't have that feeling we'd still lose? And I presume that's because it doesn't happen very often. It probably hasn't happened since Pardew when we did think we'd lose 3-2. So comfortable. And how does Roy balance overplaying some players against the need to win? Um, so, I think what Jomo means there is... Uh, did he manage to get the right balance between getting players on the pitch, making the right subs, but also going for the win, going for the jugular, etc., etc.?
1: Well, I think there's, um, I mean, we'll definitely talk about it in a bit as well because it's one of the takeaways I had from the game. Because you try and look at it in a, in a rounded way um, to get as many angles as you can. Uh, obviously, it was a hugely positive, um, you know, step back into football. Um, and you, so, you know, you, you, we're left to to analyse the, the minutia of every single comment and every single action, really. And I suppose if you are looking at what's being said there, you start to look at how Roy uses the squad, uh, his approach to, in particular, substitutions, giving people minutes, giving people a rest, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that's potentially a, a factor in there in that balance, where obviously we still need to win games, um, we still need to get as many points as we can. You know, the, the more we, the, you know, the better we do the more that sort of carrot of of Europe is dangled in front of us, then, you know, the Roy is unlikely to to sort of cut those um those apron strings and, and really let us loose. Because you go back to last season, he left it till the very last game against Bournemouth, the, the sort of five three spectacle, if you like, before he really sort of took the shackles off. And and you as much as you really want to see especially at the moment when you're allowed to make five subs, you really want to see those youngsters blooded as maybe um, you know, maybe the the integrity of the league and, and what we have to play for. I, I'm not convinced Roy will want to do that. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't like to take too many risks, in all honesty.
4: That could backfire, though, because the next few weeks, it's almost like tournament football, isn't it? You've got a game every three or five days. So, wouldn't you want to be resting, Wolf, for. Uh- the last 20 minutes, so he's a bit fitter for the next game in three or four days' time. So I, I hope there isn't a danger that we knacker the players out by not making the subs.
0: But the other results are going to have a big part to play in this. Um, you now, Sheffield United have just got absolutely dicked on by Newcastle um, and they only picked up a point with their with their outstanding game last last week. So, um, you know, with Arsenal now below us, um, with, with these other teams slipping up and it becomes more and more likely that we could finish in the top eight, I don't really think that someone like Perrick's gonna to get too many minutes at this at this particular conjuncture
3: and also it's not significant but every Premier League position means a um, different amount of money that you get so the higher we finish the more the more that we can make and I think that's going to be a massive factor in this as well two million pound doesn't sound a lot but if you move up two spots and that could be around four million pounds that they're talking about and that could be that could be someone's um Wages that's covered there and lots of other things. So, yeah, I think I don't I don't see Roy really playing the youngsters unless he has to. He might we might see one or two. I want to see Mitchell um play at left back, even though we'll talk about Van Arnold's performance. I thought it, I thought it was great, and you don't you don't really drop him for that. Um, but yeah, I want to see one or two. More youngsters to see maybe what we need in a transfer window because if you find someone at a decent level we haven't seen much of Pierre, we haven't seen much of Mitchell if they're decent then we might not need to go out and spend the 10 to 15 million on players so it would be a good opportunity to see what people what the youngsters can do really but as Chris said I just don't see I just don't see it happening for some reason I don't see them getting the opportunity they need for us to see exactly how good they are or how bad they are
1: it's funny because Roy mentioned obviously as, as things were ramping up, he talked about the fact that, you know, the bench being available and how he was going to, you know, take that opportunity to use some younger players and all that kind of stuff. And at the time, you kind of, everyone read it and was like, oh, okay. But now it just it feels a little bit like trolling again. But there's one game back. I'm not going to disrespect Roy because he's doing an absolutely f- phenomenal job. But, you know, this is that one little hangover that people have, that one little concern in the back of everyone's mind in terms of, you know, does he have that? You know the squad mentality. You know, or or is it simply a case that he, at this moment in time he doesn't have the trust in in the the fringe players and the young players? But you know, I don't think we're going to have a choice. I, you know, realistically, someone's going to have to get opportunities because you see now in in the games so far, people are picking up injuries all the time, um, and. You know, I was a little. You know, we're getting into it now. And Chris Chantry on Facebook actually said, "Will Roy start to let the shackles off a bit now? We're over forty points." And you know, we sort of addressed that earlier, but it's the same question. Probably not is the answer. Uh, you know, I think realistically, we're going to have to give some people an opportunity because I don't think we're going to have the the luxury that Roy was sort of suggesting after the game, where he he mentioned. Taking Bentece off and taking Macarthur off, and he, you know, he sort of nonchalantly said, "I could have left him on though." And so I've got two thoughts on that. Really, the, the first is it does do it does kind of show that mentality he has, where he doesn't necessarily want to make changes for the sake of it, uh, and thinks, you know, seeing a game out is a lot easier keeping the same players on the pitch. But I think you know you've also got to look in the positive sense that we looked really fresh and really up for the game. And you've got to give the staff a huge amount of credit for keeping the players that fit. And obviously the players themselves for keeping themselves fit while they were off. You know, they I think a couple of them already have mentioned Scott Guyer and the programme that he gave them um, during the lockdown, which, which obviously has paid dividends because they all looked lean, they all looked fit and hungry. And it was only realistically those last 10 minutes where players really seemed to drop off that a little bit. Anyway, so we got a lot into what we we're going to get into in terms of game analysis later on, but just before we move on in, in terms of the general chat, the um, the season ticket refund updates as the email has been going out. Um, they you know starting on the on the day that we're recording, um, so they, they've seen we've refined it a little bit. Um, so I mean, I've I've seen it, so I'll talk. If, if I miss anything, um, please do correct me, guys. If you if you picked up anything that I haven't, but basically the the change the delay seems to have been. Um, that now rather than having one option in terms of the four four things for your for your season ticket which was you know academy founder donate to palace for life uh, credit for your season ticket next year or a refund you're now able to assign those on a game by game basis so you could have you know one game to the academy founder one game to palace for life one game to um, next season, season ticket and one game as a refund. You can split it split it four ways if you want. Um, so I think that I was, you know, really impressed with that change. from um, don't know if anybody else has got any views on that.
3: Yeah, remember when I was, um, talk, we were talking about it at first and how the academy was there and how I was upset and this is, the, this is the right thing to do. This is what I wanted, an option to maybe split up the money because now I have the option to make sure that I can give my money to Piers for Life and the academy, for example. So, it was worth the wait, even though the wait was a bit weird because it seemed like it was happening next week for the for a whole month. Um, and finally, we're at this point where we can use our money towards the club, or it depends on your circumstances. But yeah, I think it's a great move by the club to allow people to have the options to um give their money to various um things at the club.
0: I just wondered if you only give twenty five percent to the uh, academy. Whether you only get 25% of your name written on the wall, so it'd just be like for me, it'll just be MI or something. They got, they got, I think they
3: explained it. It depends on how the more you donate towards the academy, um, then the more um benefits you can get out of it. I think it, I think the refunds work, work correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I think they work by the game, so you can refund, for example, the next game towards the academy and the other game for Pies for Life. So the more. The more that you give towards the academy, the more that you get out of it. But even yeah, if you give one, is. even if you give one, then I think your name's still up in that um, list for. The yeah, you get the name,
1: was. but you 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 don't necessarily get things like the club shop vouchers, and you don't get all the different tours that they're offering. You know, the the full list of items that came through previously is only available to those who donate all four. But yeah, you know, I think it's a really good list. And look, you know, whether you whether you're cynical or not, it's you know. The fact that you have the option to do whatever you want on in that respect, I think can, can only be applauded, and yet another example of, of how well Palace have done in this this whole situation. And you know, very proud of the club in that respect.
0: Just want to say one more thing, like a member at the Oval as well. So we're to get older, and they haven't even sent us an email. So um, I think Palace have done more than a lot of clubs.
1: Yeah, there we go. I haven't even thought about the uh, the situation with cricket. Um, Although you'd think it'd be potentially easier to socially distance cricket,
0: wouldn't you? um, Oh, yeah, the four-day game, it's socially distanced at the best of times.
1: (laughs) So, it was um, obviously first game back. Um, So, I think, you know, before the game, I I had a little bit of trouble really recalling (laughs) what what players were in form, what Roy was doing. I suppose, you know, I should have expected um, minimal changes. Um, But we'll talk about that now. So, it was just the one change. Luca came back for... Uh, back in for James McCarthy, so obviously Sacco's fit but didn't play. Um, so that that centre back partnership in the absence of uh, Tomkins, who's still out injured and, and seemingly for quite a while, um, you know, was, was Scott Dan and uh, and Gary Cahill, who were doing superbly before the break and then had another superb uh, game afterwards. So, uh, but but Luca was one obviously getting a fair bit of stick if if we remember rightly before the break. Um, but came back into the side as captain. Um, and I think the the events of the game justified that decision. Um, and, and I was extremely impressive, Luca. And do we think the break did him good? Or was he always just that good and maybe getting unfair stick? What do we think?
3: it's way too early with the lineups i didn't look too much into it because it's the first game back after what three months so you don't really know where the players are at but this gave us a good indication um we've talked about break with luca before it's not the it's not like he's played every single game he's had time off the pitch and he's come back and he still hasn't performed at the levels that we expect him to but this is of course a longer break than usual three months off um just with no focus on football so it's a different kind of break and hopefully he done good i thought i thought his performance overall was was decent um some people said that's how a captain should perform and i agree with them so yeah it, it was a good performance from luca and hopefully he can keep it up because it's been a weird season from him from the start um he he wasn't the same player i think that he has been in previous seasons but if this is how he's going to play for the remainder of the season then i have no problems with it
4: Luke Luca's a bit more of a physical presence than McCarthy and um judging how Bournemouth have been when we played them before with their rotating fouls on Wilf and other players, I think um Roy wanted someone with a bit more aggression in there and, and just, you know, hold it all together. But fair play to him. I've I've criticised him in the past, but that's the best game he's had in the past few that I've seen him play. So so well done Luca. Hats off. Yeah, absolutely right. You
1: yeah. know definitely strong return to form by I personally i've said it before on this show a few times i wasn't one of those who subscribed to the view that he was having a poor season i just think it was he was having a less impressive season than previous seasons. i thought the job he was doing was fine um but you know and but hey there's nothing wrong with being demanding particularly of your captain i guess but yeah definitely a welcome return to a kind of prominent performance and as you say nick he definitely wasn't shy of mixing it up in there and um, I think we gave as good as we got in that respect, and I suppose in a way, I'd, I'd felt in previous games against Bournemouth that had occasionally been lacking under Roy. Um, so nice to see us really up for that game and, and, and really, you know, putting it putting it to them. And um interesting to see the the difference in, you know, the the fact that there's no fans there. You know, they I was just thinking, particularly with the with the fail for the first for the free kick and the first goal. Imagine the dog's abuse that Wilfred Zaha would be getting, and with that being completely absent of. of you know, I'm wondering how much of an impact
4: that had on the performance in the game. It's like you read my mind when I put my hand up there, Chris. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Luca's, uh, just going back to Luca, is very vocal as well. So he'd be heard. I mean, we couldn't really hear it because you tried to get the option of no support last night and you miss the players kneeling for Black Lives Matter because the BBC I player I thing it was ridiculous yesterday. So I had to listen to it with sound on. Um, it's annoying but yeah he, he needed to be there um what you said about Wilf yeah I was thinking about that earlier did it affect his game because he wasn't he didn't seem to be get a, get as riled as he would have done with a crowd there now whether that made him play better or not I don't know um it was interesting that interview that he did uh over the break where he said that he likes to entertain um it makes you wonder whether all that getting g'd up and riled up is actually a bit of an act to get the fans going against the other team and because they weren't there, he wasn't doing it as much.
3: No, he was still active. Um you still you could see him getting in with the Bournemouth players. And at times, even though Wilf has said that I'm not too sure if it if it helps him all the time. I just feel like sometimes it could get it, it they easily get into his head, the fans and the players. But yesterday I didn't really notice a difference in his performance without the fans. I was I was looking at that in particular. He still um, had the one or two arguments that he usually has. Um, Nothing changed there. And I thought he had a good game. So uh, nothing to notice uh, for there. Maybe let he had at the home games, Um, if that would change. But I don't think it would... I mean, Will's a professional now. What, is he 27? He's been playing... Um, in the Premier League for how long? I don't think it will impact him as much. He'll just adapt to it naturally. Um, maybe at the start of the game, he might struggle. But as the game goes on, you don't really think about the fans. You just think about playing football. So, yeah, I, d- I don't think it will impact him as much as some people put it out to be.
1: Well, interestingly, I thought one of the other things that it could have impacted, if it didn't impact the players that much, um, and I think it, it does to a degree, particularly when you know the crowd are sort of urging the team on and, and putting them under pressure to do more, Um, not always the response to that is a positive response but it has an effect on the game but interestingly I felt I wondered I don't necessarily know if it's true uh, how much that the referee would be affected by not having a crowd and I mean affected in a positive way there's you know there's no pressure on the decisions other than from the players from the tv cameras but there's not the reaction from the crowd and in a way I felt that I mean, it's it's one game, so it's hard to call it a pattern or anything like that. But I felt that, that Wilf got better treatment in that game um, in terms of the fouls that were given against him. There was no, you know, intense crowding around and booing from the crowd and all that kind of stuff. I felt that it, it had a positive impact on Wilfred Zaha's game in that respect, and you know, in a general sense, I hope that continues.
3: I think in the general sense um, you're going to see more red cards and more yellow cards because the football that I've been watching um, the only Premier League game I've missed is uh, the Sheffield United Newcastle one um, on the day that we're recording but the games i watched the, the referees are not scared anymore there's no more pressure from the home fans so it's going to be similar incident when we play at home um, in the coming games, where there's there's no home advantage in that aspect where we would see the crowd get onto the referees. And for that reason, um, I feel like there will be more cards shown and cards shown for the right things. Saying that yesterday, <laughs> the referee's performance wasn't all that great, especially in the second half. But I don't think I think the pressure's off the referees a bit. So I think that's a good point to be made. And in other games I watch, even in Turkish League, there's no, there's no scare, there's no, there's no, scare from the referees anymore. They, they will give the decision that they think they don't get pressured by no one. So yeah, it, it will have a change.
0: I, I feel like we need to mention that Bournemouth didn't put the pressure on either. They they were poor. Um, they they their, their stats on who scored, you know, aren't bad. Twelve shots, but um, they, they didn't give Wilf too much of the 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 hassle that he tends to get. Perhaps even from Bournemouth teams in the past. I just think they were well off the pace, and that was one of the reasons that the referee had an easier day of it.
1: I think that's a really good point, Mike. You know, they they weren't really at the races at all. Um, I was surprised to see, you know, just um, I suppose you kind of like forget the second half in a lot of ways because not a lot went on, uh, other than some some you know two major incidents, which we'll talk about in terms of challenges from uh, one from Cahill and, and the elbow from whom did the elbow?
3: Uh, Lewis Cook
1: mm. Lewis Cook you're quite right it would already been on a yellow card should have been a straight red and you could easily see Cahill getting sent off for his challenge it, You know, obviously it wasn't malicious but Saka got sent off for the same thing so it's a little bit of uh, that's pretty much the only drama that was in the second half but but they were you know, incredibly poor started slowly didn't really do anything of any real note and, and we played them beautifully in terms of how we You know how we tucked in 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 central, forced them out wide. They couldn't really do anything from out wide. So, um, really impressive performance from Palace, I think. Um, You know, the other thing I wanted to mention: the only real change that I saw, if you're trying to compare like for like, uh, prior to the lockdown and you know this first game back, was rather than have that that central midfield three that we have in, in a constantly flat line, they played flat a lot, particularly when we didn't have possession of the ball. But it was noticeable that, that James MacArthur in particular was getting much further forward. And again, who scored is a great resource for that because you can see the average positions. And we had, um, you know, MacArthur was up there with Benteke in terms of where, where he's on on the pitch and on, and in, in an average way. And you also saw the, the the impact of us attacking down the left more often than not, where the, the players are sort of clustered over to the left a bit, little bit, leaving Jordan Ayu with a more central position than out on the right. Um, which obviously led to led to the goal in coming in, uh, coming in off the right for the second goal. So, lots of positives there. But that yeah, that major change was freeing up James McArthur and getting him to run beyond that, that central midfield, and he had a noticeably strong game. So, I, I think that was a was a great tactical move.
4: I take umbrage with something you said because um, I think you're you're doing us a disservice. You said Bournemouth are poor. We have kept four clean sheets, and the games we've played where we kept clean sheets. People have said the other team poor. No, we're we're good. We're organised. Actually, we're the team that's making them look poor. I think you're doing us a disservice. I really do.
1: I mean, you would say that. That's the sort of guy you are. <laughs> 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 no, look, it's 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 not an either or, is it? Really, you know, if we play if we play badly and they're poor, you know, you'd notice. But if we play well and they're poor, you could you could argue we made them play that way. It isn't, you can't prove a negative, really, can you? So. Um, but I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think you're making a valid point in the sense that it's no coincidence that teams are struggling to score against us, in particular the, the last four in a row. So you're absolutely right. You know, If, if you want to say they were poor uh, attacking, you could say we were great at defending. Uh, and the two things certainly meant, meant that they ended up with zero goals. But you know, there's a little bit of truth in both sides, Nick. So I appreciate you trying to start an argument. But the way we first came back, I've not got the fire enough to, uh, to completely no. argue with you.
4: Well, Wednesday we'll answer that, won't it? Really? Yeah, it will, you're right, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, not too not too much else that I really wanted to pick up on there. You know, in terms of the intensity, we were really good. Um, I think, you know, again, going back to the point just discussed, it's it's hard to judge when I think Bournemouth almost sort of they they sort of turned up like they were expecting now they had a couple of players back. Um they were kind of expecting to be able to just get straight back into their stride for their, you know, because they were very good early season when they had when they had a full squad to choose from. Um, but there's definitely something up there. Whatever's whatever's going on, the methods that Eddie Howe's using, and someone called him something on Twitter earlier on that made me laugh so much. I think Thunderbird Head or something like that. Um, so whoever that was, I've, I I might look it up a little bit later on. But it I, it amused me no end because he has got a Thunderbird face. But um but whatever methods he's using whatever whatever he's got out of that team before it definitely not working there's, there's you know there's a there's a missing ingredient there that they've had previously that um, I don't know if we can do too much about um so should we get into a little bit of goal analysis we've referenced it already but it was uh wilfred Zahar for goal number 1 where he was clipped uh, towards the edge of the box by david brooks who was who was back from injury uh, wouldn't have played in the game had it been played in the right place but um, probably one of Bournemouth's best players, an extremely promising young player, but um, just a little clip on Will, the sort of thing where the crowd would have booed and everyone would have got up in arms and called him a diver, but you know, you can hear the clip, you can see it uh, enough to just knock his feet together and for him to fall over. And I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting Luca to score. I know he's good from free kicks, um, but it just didn't enter my mind that he'd be able to hit it that well and score it. So... Absolute beauty into the top corner. Keeper gets a hand to it and can't keep it out. But um, but yeah, loved every second of that. And the first kind of you know that that cheer, that scream that comes out when Palace score—that's completely inadvertent. Um, I'd missed that because it, it came straight out of my vo- my voice box without me even thinking. And um, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Even though I had to sit at home and do.
0: Don't reckon it's any coincidence that there's been some really excellent goals so far. Um, because clearly there is less pressure and it's much more of a training ground kind of mentality. So we all know that Luka can play those kind of free kicks. Um, and we also know that things do get to him. Um, so I, I can see there being some absolute weldies before the end of this season. Um, you know, we were discussing earlier, there's at least four absolutely incredible goals this weekend. So, um, yeah, excellent. Good to know he's there and I hope it keeps happening.
3: Yeah, and and Lucas Lucas stats uh, according to Opta stats, um, he scored twenty seven Premier League goals and twenty four have come from either penalty, twenty one from penalty or direct free kick. Uh, he scored three from free kicks, and that's eighty nine percent of of his goals in competitions. So coming from set players, so hopefully if he if he keeps if he keeps that up, um, score more direct free kicks. Um, he's only scored three, which I expected a bit more from him. Um, if he yeah, that'll be that'll be. Vital for us in the coming in the coming games where we need to score goals.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, with with players like you know, obviously Wilfried Zaha and and Jordan Ayew um, either side of Nketiah, winning fouls like they do with their quick feet. You have to take advantage of those. And you know, we bemoan sort of set pieces in general, but you know, with a striking opportunity on goal, you know, Lucas proving that he um, that he has, well, you know, that he's a real threat. And Gary Cahill mentioned it after the game that he, you know. He wasn't surprised because Luca has scored something almost exactly the same um from the same position in training the day before. Um, saying that, you know, he he stays late and he practices those things and that's why he does it. And I think there's so many stories throughout football that'll tell you that the people who are staying behind doing that extra work and just practicing things like set pieces and you know, practicing their penalties and all that kind of stuff. Those are the ones that don't make mistakes more often than not. So, we got uh, we took advantage of that brilliantly. Um, you know, very. I think it was the first time we would scored in the first fifteen minutes. For I've forgotten the, the statistic now, but for ages, let's just leave it at that. Uh, so very rare for us to score that early in the game. Um, but we'd we'd already started to stamp our authority at that point, and we went on playing some really nice stuff. Uh, and again, that gets us into the second goal where. I've titled it just like watching Man City and there's reasons for that, which I'll get into as I talk about it. But, you know, so Wilf's obviously with the ball on the left-hand side and you've got PVA overlapping. We see that quite a lot, but a brilliantly timed and weighted pass from Wilf between two defenders, both pointing uh, at the other one to pick pick PVA up. Neither do. Um, PVA gets the byline, could easily put it across the box directly, but actually cuts it back beautifully. And, you know, you we've come to expect it from... Uh, are you now? Because he really is is playing so well. But it is, it is a fantastic finish. Um He sort of punched it with the side foot. The, the timing on it's absolutely perfect. You know, you look at it and you think, oh, he's just side footed it in. It's the sort of thing where you think it's easy, rolled it in. But the more you look at it, the more you see the ball's bouncing. He's jumping in the air as he plays the side foot. It's just instinct and timing and putting those two things together is really tough uh, to get it right and. and you know, the direction was perfect as well. So, cannot praise Jordan Ayu enough for that finish. Absolutely superb.
3: Yeah, 100%. The finish was great, but I want to give a shout out to Patrick van Aanholt. Um We've talked a lot about his defending, but yesterday, if he didn't play as he did, I don't think it would have been as easy to get the win. Um He was brilliant down the left-hand side. He gave Wilf the freedom um because he was another man that they had they had to pick up on. And constantly, constantly going down that left-hand side, helping Wilf. If he continues to play like that, it does balance out, of course, his defending, um, which yesterday wasn't. I mean, yes, a couple times they did go past him, but his attacking, I just wanted to keep that up because it helped us massively in terms of breaking free, causing them, causing their defenders to think about something else, and it helps Wolf out a lot as well. So credit to Patrick Van Arno for his performance.
4: Yeah, there was that one attack where he was actually running down the middle, wasn't there, uh, with the ball. Ayu um, was so composed with that goal, you know, despite the, the technical difficulties of it that Chris just mentioned. It made it look so easy. But I wanted to say that Ayu was brilliant defending yesterday. I watched him during that first half. He did not stop. He was tracking back. If he missed a tackle, he'd run in. Sorry, that's Jarvis in the background there. Um, he'd he'd tackle, he'd be back, he'd be directing players. The the effort he put in is it's just the best I've seen a player from one season to the next. <laughs>
2: Someone that,
4: definitely that, agrees.
0: That will segue me excellently. Uh, that dog noise because um, there's there's a comment on on Twitter that's made me stop listening to the other three uh, right now um, from Dave who said that he'd watched a video of DR uh, and he said he can't help but think of D'Artagnan every time he sees DR these days. Due to DR's <laughs> facial hair. Um, so. I've just been Googling pictures of D'Artagnan before going to dog uh, <laughs> which is one for the teenagers. Um, so, so yes, sorry. Um, but the, the, one thing I want to say about Ayu is the little flick he did uh, in the, on the halfway line. Uh, he he just did a, a a little FIFA style flick over his own head to go round the player yesterday. And that, that got more cheers from our Zoom watching chat than uh, than anything else in the game, I think.
1: <laughs> I am now distracted obviously by the D'Artagnan slash dog stuff. Hey Dr, have you ever watched the Three Musketeers?
0: I don't even know who they
3: are. Um You don't know who they are? I've I've heard of the Three Musketeers, but I don't know who there's dog uh or Dar. Tanyan is. To
1: be fair, to be fair, D'Artagnan was the fourth Musketeer, wasn't he? You
3: know? Well, uh, you're asking the wrong person. Maybe
1: ask... <laughs> yeah, but, 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 really... but so obviously, I mean, I'll, I'll let you do the um the necessary research after the show. But the, you know, it's it's a you know it's a novel that was obviously then there's been films and TV series of it, blah 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 about these um swashbuckling kind of guys. You'll love it. Uh, but they did a dog version as well, where he was called Dog Tanyon and he was a dog um yeah so is, it, is it a compliment oh, um, it depends on your view i mean certainly the d'artagnan thing is a compliment because uh he was a, a fantastic swordsman um in both respects and uh and also <laughs> well,
3: by looks though i'm not talking about <laughs> oh, like, it know, he he
1: yeah he's yeah, he exactly sharp thanks he's uh i was gonna go with dashing you know he was um he was a hit with the ladies deal you know so uh, I'm suffering um,
3: though. I'm, I'm Townsend now. If you can watch the videos and you can see how bad I'm suffering. It's, it's gone all over the place. I'd, I'd, I barely had any ha- any hair before. Now it's it's going over my ears.
1: I'll be honest, it was when um, Heska put in the back of the nest chat yesterday and he said that Lanzini looks like your older brother. <laughs> and I, I saw Lanzini today and he, his hair and beard is a state. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I see it. Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm Townsend. Yeah, I'm like Townsend. His, his hair's gone what? crazy as well.
5: While we're on the hair subject, Mm. um, shout out to PVA's Cisco circa 1999.
1: Cisco, right? I'd need to send a WhatsApp (laughs) message. Right, hold on. You carry on chatting. Yeah, did he have that hair before?
5: um, I mean, he's he's had the blonde on top, but he's never gone for the whole bleach head look. (laughs) I don't think. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> Surprising, Cisco S- huh? being the um, let's call him a rapper. Uh, for those people that don't know, that did the thong song. Uh, for those people that can't remember him, um, yes. well,
5: he was in Get Over It, which is one of the greatest films from two thousand and one as well.
4: And uh, for the for the teenagers amongst us, think of Yaz.
1: Mm. I'll be honest. I'll be, I was having a separate chat on it on WhatsApp about this yesterday because I initially said Sonic, but I I, I Real, we realised that I was thinking of somebody else from that same era. So it wasn't Sonique, and I've now forgotten the name of the person. It was, ah, but um, but but yeah, like a '90s songstress. I'm gonna say, um, but I'm gonna find it. Damn it! But yeah, he, he looked like a lot of different people, to be honest with you. And I'm not sure about it. It worked. It was, um, you reckon it worked? I think it was a bold step. No. I mean, I can't... Yeah, thanks, Sam. I haven't got any hair, so I can't really say too much. But yeah, you,
3: you can nah, probably go. Nah, nah. It suits him. It suits him. It, it worked. It, you can see it. It, it gave him that um, bit force on the left-hand side. He got excited. And you, he's another, you can see... You can tell him by his hair. Like, he was constantly running up and down. You can see that blonde hair just going up and down, I think. So easy. So... It suits him.
4: Yeah.
1: My, suits, yeah, no, I'm not saying it doesn't suit him. I'm just saying it's reminiscent of some people from the... I want to say late '90s, uh, Ultra Nate. That was it. Google Ultra Nate.
0: I, I think it's because he's got a slightly egg-shaped head, so he just needed to let the hair grow a little bit longer, and it would have been Because per- he's usually he has incredible haircuts. It just it was a bit too eggy for me. I think.
4: <laughs> too eggy, Mike. Mike, Mike is he's, he's already got rid of Katie Hopkins this week. I
0: wouldn't say anything. Yeah, about oh it. no, um, PVA doing nice. lots. Hashtag yeah, good good work, <laughs> good work.
1: So anyway, dragging it back to the point I was going to make. So I, I called the goal um, just like watching Man City. And after the game, hopefully you would have seen it. But if not, Roy was talking about us playing that Man City pass, um, using those overlaps, you know, obviously being a trait of Man City to get fullbacks overlapping. Um and, but in general, they like to play passes across the six yard box. He was saying, you know, we're getting people in that position, looking for that tap in, looking at the back post. You know, Sterling scores a lot of goals doing that. Uh, but he made the point, obviously, we were still looking at it at that point. But PVA picked the absolute right ball, which was to avoid the practiced six-yard box ball and pick the spot where IU had already anticipated with some fantastic movement where the opportunity was. So um, the reason I bring that up in particular, I love to hear that from Roy. I love to get that that insight into what he's talking about on the training ground because it's very easy to to kind of write him off as this pragmatic manager who Puts defence before attack, but the fact that you know he's coming out and talking like that, and talking about you know the capability of this squad to play that that type of football, um, I love the confidence in that, and it actually put, gives me confidence in Roy that perhaps wasn't there previously. So I'm really happy to hear that, um, and long may it continue. So um, throw it open to the team now. Any notable performances you wanted to pick out that we haven't talked about so far, and obviously we will talk about man of the match later on, but. In general, anything that you wanted to pick out? Benteke? Um,
3: mm. he, he, he didn't score, but I thought he had a decent game up top. I don't know what we expect from Benteke anymore. I think it depends on the indiv- individual person, but I don't really expect him to go and score 15, 20 goals anymore. But when balls were lofted up there, there was a man who could bring it down. He caused Bournemouth defenders havoc all game, helped IU and Zaha um, with the balls. I thought I thought he had a decent performance, and some people were even saying that he should be man of the match. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Of course, you want a striker you can score goals, but he done. I was speaking to someone else yesterday on a on a YouTube channel. Go check it out. But he, someone said, and I think it's the right phrase that he done all the little things right, and it, it caused a massive impact. And yeah, I agree with that because all the little things it helped us massively.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And looking at the stats from earlier on, you know, in terms of aerial battles, he won. 12 which was i think nine more than anyone else on our team um and and five more than the best person in in bournemouth's lineup in terms of winning aerial battles and it was mentioned i think i want to say macarthur perhaps after the game but uh, but but certainly one of the players mentioned after the match that because of the way bournemouth was set up we decided to go direct pretty early on Uh, and benteke is vital to give you the option of doing that and you know, absolutely right to pick him out, Dr. He, he was excellent all game. Yes, he didn't really get a chance, just put a, put a strike on goal, but that wasn't what he was needed to do yesterday. What he was needed to do was bring other people into play and just occupy that that boom of defence. Don't give him a second of peace. And I think he did that really well.
0: And he looked, you've used the, the phrase lean already, he looked really fit, really lean. Um, people have said before that, Back in the day, that they they haven't necessarily felt that he put in the effort, um, but he looked as though he, he was really hungry. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't really pick anyone out. Um, I, I think just about everyone had a decent game. Guaita was quiet because there wasn't really a lot come his way. Um, Dan was quieter than maybe the other defenders. Uh, Walden Van Unholt were were great on the overlap, etc., etc. Um, I just thought it was an all wound, really decent performance and. I mean, I know Nick said that um, it's he reckons it's more our playing well than than Bournemouth um, not playing well. But I just I feel Milivojevic, MacArthur and Kauai were given a hell of a lot of space to, to work their magic, and and it was a proper team performance. And the second goal kind of just just proved that, really.
1: No, com- completely agree. Uh, any last reflections, Nick, before we move on to the man of the match poll and some forward reviews?
4: No, it's just nice that we've got somebody of the quality of Townsend to bring in off the bench, which is which is good to have. Um, we haven't had that before, really. Yeah, have that's we?
1: That's a good shout. And obviously, you will be desperate to get back in that team. You know, with the obvious change being IU Central and and, and Townsend on the right, uh, with Benteke to miss out. But you know, you just think you know you can understand why Roy is not doing that at the moment, and whatever we're doing right now is working. You know, I'm desperate still to see Benteke get get amongst the goal scorers, but. You know, at the moment we're not really giving him any opportunities to do so um so it's all important that he plays that good all-round game but yeah townsend was great when he came on and you know it's easy to forget just how strong he was when he when he was at his best for us and and hopefully he can get back there but all these players are going to be need, you know going to get needed over the course of the next few weeks because i think we've got complete you know another eight games by is it, i think june the 26th or something not june the 26th july 20 i don't know quickly
3: yeah. 26th of july <laughs> sunday that's our last game jungle. against Tottenham.
1: there you go so that is um a, a really it's a lot of games in a really short space of time with very little preparation so there's going to be some twists and turns i'm really looking forward to the liverpool game not quite sure who's previewing it yet but um just give it a little nudge in that direction today and just say hey you know liverpool coming up on wednesday it's at anfield um and you're kind of expecting Liverpool to pick up three points and, and march on to the title, but I think we're going to give them a really tough game. Personally, um, I just hope we don't sort of retreat back too far into our shell, um, because I think we've proven in the in the second, well, in, sorry, in the first half performance today that you know if we can start a game on the front foot and get our noses ahead, then you know we can rely on our, our you know back four and keeper and, and the hard work from midfield and. even our front players, we can shut teams down. And I think that's probably the way to to beat Liverpool. So fingers crossed on that one. Mike, the man of the match poll.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Yes, so it went with four options. Jimmy Mack, Cahill, IU, and Luca. Uh, and then comments for others. Um, as Di mentioned, a lot of people said Benteco and PVA. They were the, the two others. But um, the runaway winner was Jimmy Mack with 44% of the votes. Uh, Cahill and Luca, early 20s, and IU with 11 uh, so, yeah, I think everyone recognised the, the impact the little Scotsman had.
1: Definitely a, a good all-round team performance, as the cliche goes. I went with uh, with Jimmy Mack. And it's funny, as I, I said many times on this show, whenever I'm thinking about changing something up or getting a player that I want to see a bit more of in, whether that's Mayer or, or McCarthy or even Townsend and have a real shuffle, McCarthy always seems to be the one that my brain defaults to in terms of, you know, m- moving out of the side, but... Another welcome reminder is if we needed it that what a player he is for us and has been for us. And his two hundredth palace game, I believe, um, as well, which is nuts. Um doesn't really feel like it will possibly be that long, but there we go, we're all getting old. That's a that is a fact, isn't it? Um, any dissension in terms of the um you know, DR Nick in terms of yourselves for your for your man of the match?
4: Um uh- I, I would have, I would have said Ayu just because I watched him. So I, I kind of noticed his work rate throughout the game, and it was all over the pitch, um, and just his composure with the goal. And yeah, he, I just love him so much. I really do. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Van Nistelrooy. I thought he had a brilliant game
3: down the left hand side. Um, so yeah, for me, it's PVA.
1: Good stuff. I don't know what we're gonna do with the full-word reviews, Mike, but we got we got a ton in and thank you to everyone for those. Don't you want to pick out some of your favourites.
0: Yeah, I certainly will. Um so Pride of South London TV said above Arsenal. Thanks, Brighton. Um, and that leads me just to mention that um there was dissension in the WhatsApp chat with people wanting Brighton to get at least a point against Arsenal. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put names out there, but um at least one fairly new father who mentioned that he wanted arsenal to not get three points <laughs> so I, I don't know what's happening there but um, um yeah so anton john baptiste europe here we come uh mark ross fit focused sharp and organized yes uh and then i think possibly what you're referring to earlier um there hanbo nobby yeah. clark thunderbird's face found out yeah. Um, that guy so... just
1: thank you, Nobby Clark. That I mean that you've no idea how much that <laughs> cheered me up. Because
0: I, I, I call
1: him creepy all the time and I just I can't stand Eddie Howe's face. And that's a horrible thing to say about another human being, but I can't. Uh, and to see someone crystallise it so perfectly with Thunderbird's face made me very, very happy. Cheers, Nobby.
0: Okay, well I'm fairly ambivalent towards his face, but fair enough. Uh Mike Deacon that was Clinical Boys. Yes, yes it was. Uh Andy Camro, if actually not pronounced your name right, sorry. Is that Arsenal below? Well, it certainly is because they've got off to an absolute stinker. Uh, Monca Industries, Europe Europa League quality team. I mean, they were, definitely were yesterday. Um, and then, <clears throat> SFJ may Luca be back? Yeah, I think we've discussed that. He's definitely, um, he's comeback shop So yeah, thanks to them all. We haven't read them all out, but um, keep sending them in every, every time there's a game. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we'll pick more of our favourites again next match. Um... Did notice one in there from Wilson, whose uh, Twitter name is the unused sub, which I enjoyed. And he put that was wonderfully mundane. I think that's quite a good way of of summing the game up because that second half wasn't particularly enthralling, but a a fantastic win and professional performance from all. Okay, that is your review for first time back. I feel weird, but I think we did all right. Um, But probably not best to review it ourselves right now. Uh, But if you do want to review us, make sure it's five stars on your chosen podcast app. Anyway, it's time for a quiz.
5: And it is quiz time. We're doing something slightly different this week because my wonderful quizzes it well, we needed a different format. So this week Can you tell the difference between reviews of Seven Star Kebabs and Selhurst Park? (laughs) Who's excited?
1: (laughs) I'm extremely excited. uh, Do do you want to tell us the significance of Seven Star Kebabs? Um, I'm cool. Like I'm, I'm pretty nervous now. Uh... (laughs) So it's your dad's kebab shop, isn't it? Where you work uh, occasionally, probably cash in hand without paying tax. Yeah,
4: yeah. It's the, uh, it's the home of the two-ounce burger. It is the the home. home. Yeah, the famous
1: two-ounce burger. Um, Actually, I'm not even worried. No, well,
4: hey, you know, you're
1: a local legend on Just Eat, aren't you? Is so you should be spot the seven-star reviews easily. So on we go. On we go. I lose this. So
5: <laughs> first question: the price for food and drink is a little questionable, and the choice on offer is limited. Where is the healthy option that you might accept, expect?
1: <laughs> all right well we we've all got our answers in hand hey, <laughs> just <have interest. laughs> I mean pretty, I've uh, seen I've seen your menu so I wouldn't yeah. loft, limited doesn't sound right well, to me
3: Palace Palace don't have a healthy option so
1: we've got this uh, That is so uh, that Sam the do you want was, to take us through what happened there? Uh, you might want to pause there we go yeah. I'll
5: pause it. Uh yes yeah, the answer was in fact Selhurst Park.
1: How? So as in because that that was a review of Selhurst Park. Oh. So I'm sure you would have, Did you get that wrong? You
5: don't understand the concept
1: Oh, okay Did you get I, that wrong, dear? Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought we were, It was a genuine question Who
3: has a healthy option? Seven stars or seven Fuck I thought we had more Healthy options than oh, okay well,
1: Basically
0: right. there Someone has done a crap review Of the place And you voted your own restaurant Is what's happening <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay incredible scenes <laughs> all right well, now, you, well? now you know what's happening you're you're so deal you're trying to select the review that you think which, which it's of okay okay oh i know this one
5: okay place at times is that seven star or sellers park why not
1: give it away Dio? what <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I mean, that's not... A, it's a brief review, let's face it. Um, okay place at times. I feel that way about Sellers Park, definitely.
4: But, yeah. Yeah. Does, it, does it all depend if DL's working or not at that time?
5: Yes. The answer um, is seven-star kebabs, but that is actually from a five-star review. <laughs> so a very good review <laughs> with a slightly dubious comment. Yeah. I
1: love it when people do that yeah uh, it's okay if he was a bit lukewarm five stars oh dear but yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, I mean that's fine that's fine yeah
3: that's good at least we've got a five stars <laughs> let's move on to the next one
5: question three fast and perfect
3: I feel like this is a trick question uh, I Tribute. mean it's
1: yeah I mean have you ever seen anything fast and perfect at <laughs> Park yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the eagle was uh...
1: Oh. <laughs> oh r.i.p kayla horrible
3: horrible news oh you said the eagle oh oh yeah r.i.p <laughs>
5: uh the answer is seven star yes. everyone got that right that's yeah. good really? yeah.
1: consistency. now i'm happy but we got five more of these right yeah exciting
5: Good stuff. Man, right Question up. four made my little boys holiday all the way from POZ. <laughs>
1: I would love it. I love it to be seven star. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, please. I almost I almost clicked on really. it. I almost did just
1: for the. Oh. Come on. Come on. b seven star. Come on. B7, come
0: on. No. The
5: answer is unsurprisingly.
1: Um, oh, uh, oh. We'll we'll kind of got, got that
5: right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I too would have loved it if it was seven stars. Uh, Question five remains my favourite.
1: I mean, that's a wait for everyone to get their answers, and that is a standard yeah. Just Eat review. That is that's the sort of review that people pay for. Dr,
0: but pay for know. was
1: it a five stars? <laughs> think?
0: I, I didn't. I didn't even know you could pay for it, Just Eat reviews. <laughs> I, I think you're quite used to writing a review yourself under a very shady pseudonym, though, aren't you? But it makes, it makes <laughs> no There's sense. There's
5: a lot of carnazes on there.
3: It makes, it makes no sense because they take a commission out, so basically you're paying for a review
0: because you can't just write a review without ordering and they get commission. So, Well, this one was written by a Yidar Nurkaz, so, I mean... <laughs>
4: <laughs> are, there, are there any... Um... Are there any written by Dogtag?
0: <laughs> it will be.
4: Yes, yeah, so it will be next week. <laughs> right. So we all got that. So it's fairly
1: consistent. I'll give a quick. Uh, if we want a quick scores update, Sam, see, uh, see, if we can get some tension ramped up here.
5: As you as you like. Um, coming in in fourth place at the moment is Nick with twenty five. Dr in third place with twenty six. Not knowing his own reviews. And joint first or joint second. Chris and Mike. It's joint first really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Could all be about yeah. the yeah. Could all be about the speed of reactions from here on. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Come
5: on, so, I should
3: know my I should know the reviews. Come on, come on. You should. Okay.
5: Number six. <laughs> <two, laughs> very simply. Kiss, kiss, kiss.
4: <laughs> I, I read it as XXX. Not <laughs> <so. laughs>
5: like triple X. I think of, I honestly, okay. I honestly
3: that banging.
5: Oh. I honestly
1: think I've got this, <laughs> got this wrong because I mean there's not a lot of information, is there?
5: <laughs> that was of course seven star. Whoa, I'm the only
2: one. Is
1: it? <laughs> can,
5: can we can it we have little,
1: yes. can we pause and have a little chat and just to get what the thinking is there? What was oh. you thinking? Uh, oh, for I, thought, you know, I thought we
0: would do a fake one uh, we would do a confusing one but uh, clearly not
3: what? Oh, you commented that that's good I, I guess I
5: think, it, I think it was a lady named Jasmine who oh. uh, clearly did, really liked the service I was going to say
1: did, you, did it come with a star rating because if it was XXX and then a one star it's because DR exposed himself
3: <laughs> <laughs> no there's a star rating I don't think I've never seen that before. That's 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 surprising. Hmm.
5: Question seven. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful setup, great atmosphere, delicious food, and genuine lo- genuinely, genuinely no, lovely staff.
1: Now no, I'm not casting aspersions on you, dear. <laughs> but um, but I mean, I,
0: yeah. you don't even know. You don't even know the answer yet. No, I don't. No, I don't. And so It's just you know, hard for a kebab shop to have a great atmosphere. I, I don't know. We'll say.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's hard for Sellers partners to have uh, delicious food. So, you know. What? But, but it was. It was. DR went with a, with a confident approach to Seven Star. So, beautiful <laughs> sense
0: of that. Went, no, somebody got a great atmosphere <laughs> and you've gone for your own restaurant.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we got a new decoration, so I thought, you know. <laughs> 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 I, I, I admit I put that as well but I've never been there so
0: <laughs> when you're oh, a big fan have you ever been to where you come out and you go the atmosphere in that place was second to none <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a
4: couple of good bad places in Dorsten yeah, uh, lovely stuff as well
0: I don't
3: realise we have lovely stuff at Palace at
1: <laughs> if you go I suspect they may have been in the executive boxes or something but there we go yeah
3: yeah I guess so
1: oh it's it's
3: been good it's been good it's been confusing once. i still got 23. Uh, yeah.
5: Last one, right? Last question. All to play for. Well, it's not really. <laughs> we didn't buy any food. <laughs> <laughs> and used the bathrooms on our way out. All
4: right. This should be. This should be easy. I I, mm. re- I reckon that it doesn't have any bathrooms. I reckon. <laughs> what? Samsara? Yeah,
1: it's, traditionally a kebab shop doesn't have bathrooms available can you imagine the state of them after an well break? I guess
3: yeah. you guess it <laughs> <laughs> and
5: yeah, everybody got it right it was Salhurst Park
0: well who refers to it as bathrooms is
5: that, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that somebody on TripAdvisor a toilet <laughs> uh, so in uh, in fourth place with 30 points was Nick in third place with 34 hey. points disappointing performance deal yeah Second place, Mike with 47. And uh, in the lead was Chris with 57. So he'll mm-hmm. like my quizzes again now. I
1: do like your quizzes again. I've never been more proud to win anything in my life, I have to say. <laughs> Seven stars and
3: Serious Park reviews. That's, that's a good idea. I've never thought of that.
5: So the second part, or possibly the first part, depending on which podcast this ends up on, is Punk or Palace, which is... Can you tell the difference between these reviews of Mike's Punk Projects and Crystal Palace Game Reviews?
1: So, just for clarity, I'm I'm assuming most people who would have uh, listened to this would have picked up on the fact that Mike uh, has dabbled in a few bands, haven't you, Mike?
0: Yeah, but I I didn't feel I'd be targeted in this way.
5: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Should have known better. (laughs) Are we ready?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's go. I've never been more ready. (laughs)
5: <laughs> Question one: The quality never dips below solid. Is that punk or is that palace? It can't be palace,
0: can it? So I, mean, I was so so arrogant going for that, but yeah, Fair it. in mind now.
5: <laughs> these are game reviews, so these are oh, sing- okay. these are reviews from singular games rather than. Uh, uh, but it's it's written in the,
0: the present whole. tense, though.
5: What? Yeah.
0: Oh. It was, it. Oh, Nick. Oh,
3: wow. Nick doesn't rate your
4: thing.
1: <laughs>
3: fair, fair enough.
4: <laughs> I didn't think the language was punk <laughs> enough.
1: Well, so, sorry, just give Sam a chance to describe the what actually happened there.
4: Yeah,
0: so what is this? What is this?
5: What, what is this?
0: What, why is it reviewed? Why does it say that? <laughs> um,
5: This was... An album by the band Lay It on the Line.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so right, well that that's yeah, that, that's not really a punk band. Um, but I did a, I did a shouty hardcore band.
5: <laughs> Question two. <laughs> a perfect night for us. We cannot have imagined a better beginning.
1: So that, Is that would either be a punk
5: show or a palace game.
1: I was gonna say
3: that would either be that would be a gig rather than an album review, wouldn't it? Or it would yeah. be a palace game. Or Palace, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually this I think oh, Oh, I think I got this one wrong.
5: <laughs> the cogs are turning, dear.
3: Damn. Hold up. Hold up. Ooh.
5: Oh, Ooh, yes, I
3: did. It was
1: Palace. It was Palace. Yeah. That
3: was
5: Palace. Oh. And that was actually a comment from Luca on yesterday's performance against Bournemouth. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, it should have been very recent.
0: Absolutely right. Have
1: you get any, done any gigs that would have had that comment?
0: Well, if we'd have opened the night, then maybe, I suppose. This is a better beginning. So, yeah, say if we have been supporting a big old band. Um, but generally, in that situation, when you get a review, it's like one line going, this band opened and they were okay. And then we, yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't happen very often that a gig starts great and gets less good, does it?
1: Well, mm, I've been to some.
5: Question three. <laughs> at times intelligent, at times daft, but the majority of the time... This is great stuff.
0: This can't be Palace. I'm interested to know what this is, if this is something I've been <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: dear. I mean, it'd be, a, it'd be an odd one to be Palace, wouldn't it? <laughs>
5: it was indeed punk, and it was from a um, Phineas Gage album review by Punktastic, I think.
0: Okay, so yeah, that was the band I was in when I was a little kid. Oh, I was a young boy.
3: Fond memories,
1: Mike?
0: <clears throat> oh, yeah, we did um, years and years of touring. Went all around Europe and stuff. It was lovely. I, I, that's why I'm still on rubbish wages in my 30s, because I wasted my 20s doing that. Good times. Right.
5: Question four, even. A goal's a goal, but the execution's where it counts.
1: Well, you, you, I know you, sometimes you get clever with stuff, Sam, and I'm suspicious that you got clever. Is nah, it
5: like a, a, she, a double cross or? A... Nah,
3: she's not. Mm. She's not this clever, Chris. She's not this clever. She's not this clever.
5: <laughs> <Nah>.
3: <laughs> no, I'm not getting forward. I'm not getting fooled. She's not this clever. Trust me, it can't be. My... No way. No oh, way. This What? Oh, it is.
2: Another, never, is no, no, no. This is yes. fake.
3: You created these reviews. You created
0: these reviews.
5: <laughs> what? I did not. Yeah. Uh, that is also a Phineas Gage album review. Is it?
0: It's I mean, it's clever. So by, by the end of our career, we'd we got in a couple of ringers that were actually really good, and their execution was good. So I'm guessing it's to do with that. But certainly nothing to do with me, so don't put my name to, to that.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, See, I told you, told you, dear. She gets devious. That is crazy. No way.
5: I'm a devious person. Okay. Question five. They continuously alternate at a risk of destroying their own flow and cohesion.
0: That's got I to mean, be one that's, of my projects, isn't it? If, um, if I, if if, <laughs> I, if this is Palace, it makes no sense. It really does I
1: genuinely think that that could be um, a sort of overly articulate review of a Palace game. We once played against Wimbledon in a 0-0 where I felt that that was the case. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, I got it, it, I got it jump, wrong. Yeah, you tried to act smart there. I did, yeah.
1: Well, my confidence I has been rocked.
5: That that was a lay-on-the-line one again. Um, but I did think it could apply to some of our wingers. <laughs>
3: exactly. exactly. This is tight.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Do we, we're, we're going into the final question now. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Within nine short minutes, the entire X unraveled. Is that a punk show? Or oh, a game? oh, no,
2: Yeah.
3: I know this Palace game as well. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? This is ah. Oh.
0: There, there's been many shows when we've unravelled within nine minutes, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think this is Palace. <laughs> this
3: must
2: yeah, i just realised.
1: Yeah, exactly. I've just realised it's that after clicking on the wrong thing. On the here, I think you, and I did, you and I did the same thing, didn't you? All the all
3: I hate
5: this. Very good. Well, I mean, you knew it at the end. It was indeed from ball
1: Humber finished last. Right, fantastic yeah. work by the way. <laughs> Great work on that, Sam. So I, I I enjoyed that, but yeah, you can you can do the rundown of the scores now.
5: Thank you. Bringing up the rear, Chris with twenty three, and DR with yeah. I was going to say,
3: yeah, well, <laughs> no difference, goal difference. I uh, answered yeah. a couple of questions faster.
5: Yeah, Uh Nick in second place with twenty nine, and Mike one with thirty one. So he knows his band projects better than dr knows his own
1: restaurant right that's your lot thank you very much for listening thanks to sam for helping produce mikey for editing uh, to dr nick and mike for joining me today on the show a preview show will be back at some point we're not 100 sure who is previewing the liverpool game or indeed who is reviewing it but you know we'll get our act together and more podcasts will be flowing out of wherever they flow out of in the very near future cheers bye